You are now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with L.E. And Eric. And you are going to love it. Stay tuned. Washington football team declassified is presented by Grafted App, a soon to launch app connecting consumers to Christian owned businesses. You can visit them at graftedapp.com for more information or to apply for your listing. Welcome back to the Washington football team declassified podcast. As always, I'm your host, L.E. We got Eric in the building. Eric, say what's up to the people. What's up, everybody? What's up? And take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already locked in, get locked in because we got special guests at all times, like our guy, Chris. Chris, say what's up to the people. Hey, what's going on, everyone? All right. Hey, Chris, you want to tell them where you're from and what you do? Yeah, so uh, I'm from Bellingham, Massachusetts. So uh, about 10 minutes south of Foxborough, Massachusetts, where uh, the Patriots play. And uh, yeah, so I run a football education platform called Victory Sports. That's V-I-Q-T-O-R-Y. And we're all about teaching coaches, players, fans, everybody about the game of football and helping them understand the, the core concepts of football. So uh, to the core, I'm an absolute football nerd. And uh, yeah, football, football is my life, essentially. And I love it. So yeah, emphasis on the IQ part, right? Yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the IQ. Absolutely. And where can they find your work, by the way? Yeah, so you can go to victorysports.com is our website, V-I-Q-T-R-Y sports.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're recently on TikTok as well. So if you want to go learn 60 seconds of football, you can go check us out on TikTok. Everything is at Victory Sports, uh, where we post daily, uh, mostly two to three times a day as well. Absolutely. So make sure you check them out. Wonderful, wonderful content. We certainly co-signed that from the Declassified podcast. <laughs> Let's jump right into it because we brought you here today to talk about the Air Coriel, which is a system yeah. that Scott Turner in Washington runs, or at least a variation of it. So yeah. for our listeners, can you kind of give us the, the primary um, importance and kind of what, what's, what's the Air Coriel attempting to do on the football field? Yeah, so I the, probably explain it. Let me take you back a few years. I think that's probably the best way to start is like, where did this whole concept originate and who thrives in the system and go from there? I think, oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's do that. So uh, for those who aren't familiar with the Air Coriel, it's based off of Don Coriel's system, which is a vertical passing attack that he actually adopted from Sid early 60s-ish, late 50s-ish. Um, and Don Coriel was actually the head coach of the San Diego Chargers, which, a fun fact, he actually set a uh, NFL record for six consecutive years uh, leading the league in passing. So this just tells you what the system does. The system is primarily a vertical passing attack system. They're trying to stretch the field downfield as much as you possibly can. In the past, what a lot of teams would do is they would try to stretch the field horizontally. Uh, you think co-systems are short flare routes to the running back or short out routes, slant, whatever it may be. Teams were running those style of systems, play action passes, five, seven step drops, and just getting their quarterback killed. Well, what Don Coriel did was he actually tried to something a little bit different. Like I said, based off of what Sid Gilman imp implemented in the early days was really try to stretch the field downfield, forcing your defensive backs to cover wide receivers on the edges. Um, and of course, system, you saw guys like Dan Fouts, uh, Charlie Joyner, and most importantly, Kellen Winslow evolved from this system. And I, I think that's the biggest name you're going to take anything out of the, the air Coriel system. It's Kellen Winslow uh, because it's similar 
to you know what's happened in the past and obviously what Washington is trying to do with uh, some of their guys as well. So, um, you know, that's the brief history of it. And then, of course, Joe Gibbs takes his system and he turns into a power running attack, obviously with the Hogs, uh, what he was able to do those games. And then um, just with the, through the air as well. So what Joe Gibbs did for the system was he made it more of a one-back system, true wide receivers from there. And that's where a lot of these guys were able to thrive in this system. So uh, that's just a brief history lesson for you guys, just on the air, the air Coriel system and, you know, how uh, Don was able to take that system and thrive from it. And then is there a particular type of quarterback that functions best in this type of offense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, actually let me back up just a little bit because the tight end plays off of the quarterback, right? And the whole concept of the system is how can we get our tight end involved and why the tight end is so important. And I think a lot of people who watch the game of football may not appreciate what a good tight end does. And I think Rokowski exposed this big time. I think Jimmy Graham exposed this a little bit, but I, I th the reason I use Gronk is because he's six foot six and can run, you know, however fast he can run. Right. When you look at it from a personnel standpoint and I coach football, so I think my mind's more in the coaching aspect. If I have a six foot six guy on the field, I need to match him up with a linebacker. Right. Meaning I can't bring an extra defensive back on the field because if I bring an extra defensive back on the field, that tight end is going to absolutely keep my defensive back in the run game. Right. So you keep a linebacker on the field to fit the run. Well, now I get in a passing situation and my linebacker can't run with that tight end. So this is where the air coil system really thrives is you have an athletic based tight end that can run. And then from there, you're able to get him the football in space matched up against a linebacker. So the reason I bring up Kellen Winslow is because he was able to uh, just absolutely terrorize teams because they try to cover him with linebackers because technically a tight ends in the game, when a tight ends in the game, you have to respect it with the linebacker. And this is where, uh, you know, to answer your question, that's the, the long winded answer is, you know, the quarterback that fits this system, maybe it's just the beard. I don't know what it is, but I like Ryan Fitzpatrick in this system, um, you know, moving forward, maybe, you know, him and Dan Feltz kind of have the same, you know, not really mobile, but can sling the football. So I think Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback to fit this system. Um, you know, he's just been solid throughout his entire time, but I think for me, the biggest emergence, at least this year coming up, is going to have to be Logan Thomas and just, uh, you know, seeing him emerge more than what he did last year. I think he had 72 catches last year. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that number being jacked up a little bit more is probably what we're going to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the system itself, just trying to get that tight end involved and really create that mismatch with the linebackers that are trying to cover him. That's awesome stuff. So when you – when you describe the concepts of the air Coriel offense, my perspective on it is you look downfield first and then you work back towards the line of scrimmage in the passing game. So my concept, comparing that to the, to the, to the West coast offense, which is the other major philosophy in the NFL, that seems to be one where you're looking short first and then deep. Now, of course, that's very simplistic. And that's really going back to like the Gibbs versus Walsh days. It's there's been so much evolution now, right. but I guess, you know, if, if that's, if there's more to it than that, what, what are the kind of the core differences between the West coast and the air Coriel system? Yeah. So the main difference is um, if from fundamentally, like you said, uh, the air Coriel wants to push the ball downfield. What the West coast wants to do is they want to spread you horizontally. Right. And what 
Bill Walsh did very well, actually, was use a two-back system, and he was able to spread you out uh, horizontally and then able to hit downfield passes when he was able to spread you out horizontally, and that's where Jerry Rice thrived in. With the Eric Coriel system, it's a little bit different because, A, the play calls are different, right? Let me start there because if you've ever seen a West Coast play call or have ever heard John Gruden talk football at all, you'll know it's, you know, 15 to 20 words and you can manipulate it however you want. The air Coriel system is a little bit different where it's based off of numbers in the route tree. So if you're familiar with the route tree, all making routes are one, three, five, uh, seven, and nine. Excuse me, nine's a go route. One, three, five, and seven. In breaking routes are even numbers, two, four, six, and eight. What a, a play call in the air Coriel system would be, uh, you know, 368 Y flat, right? So they would give the formation, then say 368 Y flat. Three is an outbreaking route. So the receiver would run an out route or whatever the coach has designed for that route tree. And every route tree is different, but let's say 368, three means an out route, uh, six means a dig, and eight means a post. So the coach would just say 368 and then Y flat. So he would be able to manipulate what the Y does, who's typically the tight end, to either go out to the flat, uh, to he could say 368 Y go, 368 Y dig. He can manipulate in that way. But the number concept is what makes the Eric Coriel um, system different because you can change those numbers at any point in time. Where it makes it a little bit difficult is on the quarterback because now as opposed to, you know, if you tell me, hey, a smash concept, I'm thinking hitch corner, right? That's a pretty popular concept in football is a smash concept. But now if I'm a quarterback and you say 368, I got to go, okay, uh, out, uh, dig, post. Now I got to think of my reads. So it's a little bit more difficult to get used to. Uh, but that's where the difference between the system lies is mostly in the play calls, but also the simplicity of just saying 368 Y flat and just being able to have that play call um, sent into your offense. And then, like you said, we'll work and try to go downfield to short uh, and really trying to chunk the defense out. Uh, and then the last note I just want to make here too, I know I'm giving these long-winded answers, but uh, the last note I want to make is, you know, the, the big play opportunity in the air Coriel system is high because you're chucking the ball downfield high, big play opportunity often means low completion percentage. So you think about the West coast offense, we're spreading that thing horizontally higher percentages, right? I'm trying to get my athletes in space, get them the football between five and eight yards and let them do the running air Coriel is a little bit differently. Where we're trying to chuck this thing downfield as much as we possibly can and hopefully hit some big plays. Um, of course, that's just the concept and philosophy. Does that mean Scott Turner is going to throw the ball a hundred times a game and try to throw as far as he can every time? Obviously not. Right. But the philosophy behind the air Coriel system is we're going to stretch this thing vertically as opposed to horizontally. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head with philosophy because you think about the, you think about the philosophy of like a Joe Gibbs led offense, which is going to be a run heavy two. a lot of times it's going to be a two tight end smash mouth football. And you compare right, that right. to like a Mike Martz system, which is just get your quarterback killed and chuck it every time. And you know, the running back is, is optional, yep. even though you have Marshall Falk. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think that's where, and you know, what's, what's interesting is if you go back to North Turner's days, right. It's when he was with, uh, the Cowboys, they had Jay Novacek, right? Who was uh, a five-time pro bowler. You look at Antonio Gates with the Chargers as well. So that's why I, I say this tight end really does play a huge uh, proponent of this system because if you can get that matchup with that tight end, you can essentially make him a Hall of Fame tight end like uh, you know Antonio Gates will eventually be, but these guys like Kellen Winslow that have thrived in this air coil system. 
And I think Washington has the pieces for it. Cause you know, Logan Thomas is six foot six. He's a big guy, right? You have Terry McLaurin on the outside. You have the pieces in place, but again, it's just getting the quarter, the consistent quarterback play, which is one, obviously one of the hardest things to do in the NFL in general, not just for Washington, but in the NFL in general, it's how can you get that consistent quarterback play to not turn the football over, but also press the defense and stretch them downfield. We hearing you talk about the the principal concepts with the air Coriel kind of makes me think this is why Haskins didn't succeed in this offense because Haskins is a guy that gets the ball to his playmakers and lets them do the work thereafter. And this offense really isn't designed to do that. And he struggled a lot. The whole offense last year was very lateral, even when, um, what's his name came into play Alex Smith. Of course, that's kind of what he does too. You had, um, you know, Heineke came in against Tampa and started pushing the ball vertically. Right. And it looked like a completely different team. So what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And I feel like, you know, the Washington coaches said, okay, finally, we got somebody that can send it vertically. Let's go get an upgraded version of this guy, which is where they end up with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hmm. Um, is this an offense though, it, at least a scheme that can thrive with less than a top tier guy running it? Uh, at quarterback? Yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, th you know, I think it is because if you look at, you know, I'm not gonna say Dan Fultz wasn't talented because he absolutely was, right? Like his stats don't lie. But, you know, I see like Dan Fultz wasn't he wasn't mobile, right? He wasn't running away from anybody. He was a true pocket passer. Then he could sling it all over the field. And I think Ryan Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick is that where, you know, he's not gonna run away from you, but he understands the game. He's a Harvard grad, right? So he understands the game. Uh, very smart. He's been in the league as long as he has. I think he's seen enough where he can be the guy to be in the position. Now, is he going to lead the league? I don't, I don't know. Right. It's, but I think he has the capability, if, you know, with the receivers he has, especially to, to, to ignite this offense and put him in a situation where they need to be, you got to figure having three different quarterbacks is tough. Right. Um, you know, and the things you guys would know, obviously more than I would about Dwayne Haskins. I don't, I don't know the situation in there, but I know it wasn't pretty. He had to get benched. Right. So, if you think from a receiver, you got to catch a football from one guy next week, you're catching it from Alex Smith. And then the next week out of nowhere, you're catching it from Heineke. Right. So uh, um, just in order to grasp the system and thrive in the system, you got to be able to play in it nonstop and uh, you know, really get in tune with these wide receivers to be able to have the most impact. Awesome. So looking at offenses today, as they, as they kind of move advance, it's like calculus compared to, you know, you know, geometry, algebra right, back right. in the Joe Gibbs days, you see a lot of concepts. They're kind of borrowing from each other and they're almost, it's almost like one hybrid offense that everybody has their own kind of philosophy when they run. Um, and just getting back to the, to the original Coriel days, one of the, um, one of the most innovative things he ever came up with, in my opinion, was he invented the option route, essentially. Um, that's what, that was the big change from Gilman's offense was he really just like, you, you know, he put it on the receivers and the quarterbacks to sync up. So nobody today, and you're the perfect guy to ask this question, being up in Foxborough, nobody is bigger on the option uh, route system than, than what Josh McDaniels is doing right. up there. What, how would you describe, this is not a, a Washington question, I apologize, Ellie, but yeah, yeah. how would you describe the Patriots <laughs> offense? Like, are they Coriel? Are they West Coast? Are they like a perfect blend of the two? I think it's a perfect blend of the two. And the only reason I say that is every quarterback or receiver that comes into new England has a hard time learning the playbook. Right. And you look at you know, one of the biggest things that came out of Cam Newton last year was he, he didn't have a good grasp of the playbook. Uh, I remember when Chad Ochocinco came to the Patriots, right. I was all excited as a young kid and 
you know, the first thing they say with him is he couldn't learn the playbook. And I know how difficult that playbook is to learn. Um, and I believe it's because there's just so many, like you said, there's so many option routes. There's so many things to look at. You can't just line up and it's not 368 wide flat and everyone's running a route. You know, there's so many things to read now and offenses are so complex nowadays. They almost have to be. And the reason for that is if you have guys that are blitzing, you need to blitz, replace them. That way the quarterback can check hot and give them the football right away. So, you know, the older days of, you know, maybe from a fan perspective, we all watch the game and say, oh, he should have threw it to him. He was wide open. Or why'd that guy run the wrong route? There's so many things going on from a quarterback perspective, also a wide receiver perspective, that you can't just be a meathead out there, line up and run, uh, run a route, right? So the quarterback's mind's consistently turning uh, and the defenses are consistently rotating. You know, what you think you're getting on this side, you may not be getting, getting a blitz from the other side. So just the whole concept of, reading a defense from a wide receiver perspective uh, and a quarterback perspective, I think is, is the hardest part um, for any quarterback that comes into the NFL. So that's why I'll be, you know, flipping it back over to Washington. I'll be surprised to see how Fitzpatrick comes in and adopts this offense uh, because I'm sure he's seen it in his run that he's had with multiple uh, NFL coaches. I'm sure he's crossed paths with people that uh, with, you know, Scott Turner or people that have known the system. So I'm sure he knows it. But yeah, I mean, just looking at New England too, it's uh, from what I hear, it's a hard playbook to learn. I think it's a mesh between West Coast terminology as well as uh, Eric Coriel and a whole mix of others as well. Yeah, it seems like, as you were saying earlier, you need a really good tight end and you need a really good quarterback, uh, very smart on both sides to be able to run that. It's, it's a, I, I mean, I try to watch it and I, and it's funny trying to watch like Bill O'Brien implement the same thing and he just couldn't get it to work in Houston. Right. You know, you know, Sean Watson helped, but he was more making plays on his own than he was, you know, perpetually running that offense. Um, quick question on just kind of flipping over to the run game. What, what run scheme works best uh, or is there a run scheme that works best with uh, the Coriel? Because I generally see kind of the straight ahead power rushing game, but I know there's some zone concepts to get worked in there as well. And I know that the, the West coast guys are all about the zone. Cause it like, like you said, it's stretching it vertically or uh, horizontally rather, and just pushing it. But is there a specific type of run scheme that really fits with that offense? Yeah. And the thing is, and this is why I, I found super interesting as well. If you even go back to the Joe Gibb days, like he was known for his power offense and they were known for the hogs who used to just beat people down. But what Joe Gibbs really is, is known for play wise, the wide zone. Right. And that was really his baby of, he introduced the cutoffs and the, the run throughs and getting that, uh, getting that running back stretched to the edge or have him cut up bend, bang or bounce or whatever it may be like that system there of the single back it's not just all a power game and i think nowadays we look at it's you know yes you're trying to stretch the ball downfield so how do you do that you couple it with play action okay play action also helps you protect the quarterback a little bit but at the same point in time i every team runs every type of scheme right so to say like uh you know, maybe back in the day, a little bit differently, where if you had a running back, um, you know, like Emmett Smith, whoever it was, you could pound the rock a little bit more with like true ISO, true, you know, we're going to work a double team to the backers. Nowadays, you're seeing a little bit of everything with counter, power, ISO, trap, uh, wham blocking. You're seeing a little bit of everything. So um, to give you a definitive answer, it's going to be tough just because, you know, watching the the few Washington games that I did last year, I uh, was able to get on my television up here in Massachusetts. You know, I saw a little bit of everything. So 
um, it's tough for me to say it's a true definitive. This is what you typically see running game. But we're back to the hybrid situation again. Right. Exactly. And that's what yep. it is. It, everything bleeds into one another because yep. you essentially have to do it too, because it keeps the defense honest, right? You think of plays like power, uh, counter, whatever it may be. If you get an aggressive defensive end, you just kick him out. And now he's not part of the play anymore. Uh, you know, and you see a lot of that, especially from the college game leak over to the NFL. Now uh, you look at little, little Lamar Jackson's doing up in Baltimore, like a lot of that read option game, even what Cam Newton's doing in New England, a lot of that read option game, you don't have to block guys anymore. If you have a guy like, uh, you know, Aaron Donald, you don't need to block him, just read him. Okay, I want to put the ball in the running back's gut. If he commits this way, I'm going to do this. If he does this, I'm going to do this. It's, just, uh, you know, a lot of coaches are getting smarter in that aspect where if they have a guy that's going to dominate you, let's just read him. We don't have to block him and go block the other people. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. A lot of, a lot of coaches are just grabbing schemes from everybody and trying to mold it into their own. All right, we're going to let you get out of here on this question. Yep. But you, you can't cop out. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're the GM of the Washington football team. Yeah. And you're going into this draft tonight, hypothetically looking for your quarterback of the future to run this Air Coriel slash Scott Turner slash hybrid system. You got any of the major guys or secondary guys out there for you to pick? Yeah. Which quarterback are you walking away with tonight? I mean, the... I think the, like the obvious answer is Trevor Lawrence, right? Um, I, you know, I really like Justin Fields. I know a lot of people are, are down on him. I've heard some things about attitude issues or, you know, work ethic issues, whatever it may be. I just love the way he throws the football. So um, if I had to lock in a guy, it would be Justin Fields. I think Zach Wilson's arm talent's off the charts. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Justin Fields guy. I know that's probably not the answer people want to hear. And of course, Trevor Lawrence would be the, the, the easy answer to say. But I, from a lot of mock drafts I'm seeing is Justin Fields dropping yeah. each pick. And I'm surprised because he's got superb arm talent. The guy's proved he can win. Um, and, you know, I really think that he can thrive uh, in a system that, that caters to his skill set and lets him just sling the rock all over the field. So um yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna lock in justin fields yes sir there it yeah. is. Hey, i'm not mad at you not mad at all <laughs> man <laughs> hey we appreciate you joining us and everybody listening please go check out their work it is a plus stuff absolutely. appreciate it thank you so much yeah absolutely anything else i can ever do for you guys please let me know appreciate it as always yeah we'll be coming back to you man don't all you right, man. all right take care now i'll see you guys thank you